Hello, and welcome to the All Saints Podcast. I'm Hugh Cole. Thank you for joining us this week. It's great to have you. As usual, we'll start this week with a sermon from the 10 a.m. service at All Saints Church Chevy Chase, followed by a sermon from the family table service. First up, we'll hear from our associate rector, Father Matthew Kozlowski, with a sermon for Sunday, May 16th, 2021, entitled, Why Did Jesus Ascend Into Heaven? I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, do you know, we all have different favorite times of the year and different favorite times of the church year, maybe even favorite church celebrations and favorite Sundays. Uh, of course, Christmas Eve might be your favorite or Easter Sunday. Uh, for me, you know, the first Sunday of Advent is right up there. But I, I have to tell you that this Sunday, right now, where we are today, the seventh Sunday of Easter, is probably my favorite Sunday of the church year. And you say, well, why is that? It just kind of, you know, falls sort of toward the end of Easter, kind of in the middle of spring. Why do well, because this Sunday is right between, right smack dab in the middle, between two of the great feasts of the church year, and therefore we're like surrounded by grace. It's grace upon grace. It's grace behind us, grace before us, and, and here we are right in the middle of the Feast of the Ascension, which was just a few days ago on Thursday, and next Sunday, which is the Feast of Pentecost, which is 50 days after Easter. Two of the great feasts, two of the most important feasts in the church year, and here we are right in the middle of them. It's like being in a wonderful liturgical sandwich uh, if Father Ed Kelleher were here, I could make some kind of joke about a good chicken parm sandwich. Maybe we're the, uh, the mozzarella, and we've got the crispy chicken on one side and the delicious marinara sauce on the other side, and here we are in the middle. I don't know, we'll leave the food metaphors to Father Ed. But this is good stuff. This is good stuff. And so I want to be able to talk about the importance of the ascension, which sometimes gets short shrift. We don't always talk about the ascension and the important theological implications of, dare I say, the doctrine of the ascension. And so I want to talk about that and then also talk about how the ascension helps us face the challenges that are ahead of us. Now, as soon as I said that word doctrine of the ascension, I bet some of us kind of went like, mm. We're not really into that word doctrine or dogma. Sometimes people say, oh, come on, Father, you know, get to, get to the good stuff. Tell us about how the Christian life is supposed to play out. Uh, we don't need all this theory and all this kind of uh, highfalutin mumbo jumbo. Although, you know, some of us really like doctrine and philosophy, but, uh, and some of you all certainly like doctrine and philosophy. But for all of us, we need to know that doctrine is not just theoretical gymnastics, it actually sets the frame for how we live the Christian life. Doctrine helps us understand what it means to be a Christian on the ground, as it were. And a real simple analogy, if you went down to Florida, down to NASA, and you met with some astronauts, you would find out that astronauts are well-trained in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and if you had an astronaut show up to the program and said, eh, you know, I'm not really into math, I just want to get up into zero gravity, it would probably kick him or her out of the program. They would say, no, 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 you need to know the math. Because by knowing the math, by knowing the theory, by knowing your aeronautics, it's going to help you be a better astronaut when you do get up there into zero gravity. 
It is the same way for us by understanding a bit about Christian doctrine, the truth of who God is and what the Bible says about our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. By understanding that, letting it soak into our hearts and bones, it allows us then to be better Christians on the ground, so to speak. So what's all this about the ascension? Well, let's see what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us we've got great readings today from the book of Acts and then from the gospel according to Luke. And it tells us that 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, he was with the disciples, he appeared to many people. 40 days after that, he was taken up into heaven and vanished before their eyes. He ascended into heaven. And so the, the physical aspect of this is really important. You know, Jesus actually sort of rose up and I, and I do believe this literally happened. In Acts, it says he was taken up into a cloud and vanished from their sight. So the physical action of this ascension is really important, but also the positional aspect of where this places Jesus within the fabric of the universe is just as important. And what does the creed tell us? Well, the creed tells us that he ascended into heaven and is seated where? is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, I don't know what you picture in your mind when you hear those words. We probably have different images that we picture in our minds when we hear that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But the doctrinal importance of that, the theoretical, the philosophical importance of that, is that Jesus is placed in a position of authority at the right hand of the Father. And that means that he has authority over every obstacle that you and I face in our lives. He has authority over history, Jesus is fully in his place of power. This is really important stuff. But furthermore, if Jesus has ascended, then he is beyond time and space. Jesus is available to be everywhere and anywhere. Now think about it. This is really different than if Jesus had simply retired in Jerusalem if after 40 days he kind of appeared to the disciples, hung out, and then he just decided to live out his golden years. Maybe he uh, opened up a falafel stand downtown and got a nice cottage in the hills of Judea and just sort of led his life and then vanished into the mists of history. Well, that is not what happened. The Bible assures us that that's not what happened. And from a historical point of view, we know that that's not what happened because there would have been other accounts of Jesus. He was so well known in that area that we would have more material about Jesus's post-resurrection experience. He went somewhere and we can be sure, we can trust what the Bible says that he ascended. If you, if you buy the resurrection, you can buy the ascension. If he had stayed in Jerusalem, he would have been available only to a certain group of people at a certain time in a certain place, but that was not God's plan. God's plan was for Jesus to be available to everyone, anywhere, everywhere across time and space. There's actually a really good analogy that I was thinking about this week, and I, I, I'm sure the analogy breaks down somewhere, as all analogies do, but I was thinking to myself, man, that really works. So today, when we hear the word cloud, we usually don't think of the ascension. What do you, what do you think of when you hear the word the cloud? Technology. Your phone, servers, right? Well, for young people, you need to do a little education, right? That in the olden days of computers, if you wanted to save something, you had to save it on a disk. Can you imagine? 
It was either a floppy disk or a hard disk inside the computer or a flash drive or something like that. And we still have those things and they're useful. But we know now that with the internet and servers and the cloud, when you save a video, especially a large video on your phone, thanks be to God, it's going to be stored in the cloud. And what's so great about that? Well, it can be backed up, you know, that's good. But I think the best part about it is that that file, that video, is available anytime, anywhere, any space, whether I've got the SIM card or not. I can get that file. It's available to me because it's in the cloud. Hopefully it's available only to me, not somebody else. That's a problem. I get it. State is available to me at any time, any place, anywhere, bound by the walls of history in Jerusalem at a single time in a single place. He is timeless. He is everywhere. And oh, by the way, this is really helpful when we think about Christianity as a world religion. Billy Graham used to say this all the time. He said, don't ever think that Christianity is an American religion. Or don't ever think that Christianity is a European religion. Christianity is a world religion. Jesus belongs to everyone. And it's because of his ascension. I'm sure you've probably thought of these things before. Jesus is available to me always. Yes, I can pray to Jesus whenever I want. And, and yes, anybody in the whole world can pray to Jesus. You've probably thought about these things. But we don't always think that's because of the ascension. In his ascended state, Jesus fulfills all of this. It's just so good. I love preaching about the ascension, as you can already tell. And then next week, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, uh, the full, personal, powerful presence of God, there's just grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, and the fullness of God, the fullness of the person of Jesus Christ, dwells in the heart of every believer and within the Christian community. That's next week. This is a preview of coming attractions, Pentecost, but here we are in this beautiful liturgical sandwich, grace upon grace upon grace. Now, as I was thinking about it, Jesus being available to us and Jesus always being with us at all times and in all places. There's kind of a, a good news and a bad news piece to it, isn't there? Well, it's all good news, actually, but depending on how you phrase it, it could sort of sound like good news and bad news. If you were to say, for example, Jesus is with you always. Whatever you think, whatever you say, in everything that you do, Jesus is with you. Or you could say it like this. Jesus is with you. In everything that you think and do and say, Jesus is with you. Good news, bad news? Well, it's all good news. Um, but sometimes... A church will overemphasize one side or the other. The church may overemphasize this loving, merciful, forgiving, Jesus is with you always, and that's absolutely true. And then on the other side, that Jesus is indeed our ideal and therefore our judge and our omnipresent and omniscient, powerful Lord, who indeed knows the depths of our hearts and indeed knows our deeds, and he knows our sins. In order to forgive our sins, he has to know our sins. So part of what we see in the ascended Christ, I'm looking at the ascended Christ right there, actually, on our beautiful stained glass window in the middle. You can turn and take a look at it, and uh, maybe uh, we can get a picture of it later that we'll share. But there is Jesus seated on the throne, as described in the book of Revelation. 
and he has a glassy sea before him and candlesticks and even a rainbow around him. And that's a perfect picture because it shows us the fullness of Jesus Christ. Yes, he is merciful Savior. And at the same time, he is Lord and Judge. And you need both of those. We cannot compartmentalize Jesus and say, well, you know, I really like the merciful Savior piece. I'm going to hold on to that. Or, you know, I think what we really need is a Lord and Judge. So let's really preach that. No, no, no. We need merciful Savior and Lord and Judge. There's a good analogy that I I heard Tim Keller use uh, some years ago, and he stole the analogy from somebody else. But um, Adal, I'll pick on you. Your full name is Adal Owen Williams. Do I have that right? <laughs> and so if a doll were to knock on my door and I said, come in, a doll, stay out, Owen Williams, would that work? No. Or if I said, come in, Owen Williams, but stay out, a doll, that wouldn't work because he is a fully integrated person. He is a doll, Owen Williams. You can't have half of him without the other. I just have to say, come in, a doll, Owen Williams, or stay out, a doll, Owen Williams. And what Tim Keller says is that it's the same with Jesus Christ. We might want to say, come in, Savior, stay out, Lord and Judge. But the fullness of God, the fullness of the ascended Christ, begs us to bring the whole of Jesus Christ into our hearts and into our lives. And we say, come in, Savior, come in, merciful one, come in, risen Jesus, and come in, Lord, come in, Judge come in Christ, because I need it all, and I want it all, and that is what you want for me, Lord God. In the same way that Jesus cannot be compartmentalized, our lives should not be compartmentalized, because Jesus is in every aspect of our lives, the good and the bad and the ugly. I mentioned several weeks ago Corrie ten Boom, uh, who's an amazing Christian hero. She was imprisoned during World War II. When she went into the Nazi concentration camp, Jesus was with her. When you are grieving, Jesus is with you. When you are rejoicing, Jesus is with you. When you are messing up, Jesus is with you. When you're making moral progress, Jesus is with you. He is with us as Savior and Judge and Lord and Christ and risen and ascended Christ at all times in all places. And he belongs to everyone. I'll say one more thing, and I know it's always dangerous when a preacher says one more thing, but this is an analogy that I shared with the early service. The Bible says that Jesus is interceding for us. You know, you might ask the question, okay, well, Jesus rose from the dead, and and we believe that, and then the ascended Christ, okay, I can get my head around that, but what's Jesus doing up there in this eternal heavenly realm? Well, the Bible says that he's interceding for you and for me. He is advocating for you and for me. The Lord of the universe in all his power is advocating for you. And so a good analogy there would be the analogy of a lawyer, okay? Because a lawyer, by law, has to advocate for his or her client. And then I thought maybe even a better analogy, I don't know if some of you like sports, but how about the analogy of a sports agent? 
A sports agent is always advocating for his or her client, trying to get the best contract, the best incentives, the best playing time, the best locker in the locker room, I don't know. But if you've got a good sports agent, then that person is, and what the famous movie, what's the famous movie about sports agents? Jerry Maguire. And Jerry Maguire is always advocating for his, his clients. So Jesus, if you'll pardon the analogy, he's your agent. Jesus is your, he's advocating for you, he's interceding for you, and at the same time, like any good coach or any good agent, sometimes he turns to us and says, you can do even better. Let me call forth the best out of you. Not in a way that makes us feel low and horrible because we're all messing up all the time, but there's Jesus interceding for us, advocating for us, and then every once in a while grabbing us by the shirt and saying, come on, you got it in you, we can do this together. I've got more than enough hope, faith, and love for the both of us, so pick up a little bit of it and pick yourself up and put one foot in front of the other. You got this and we got this, says Jesus, our advocate, our intercessor, our risen and ascended Lord. Well, there's a lot of pieces that I've put together here, so let me bring this in for a landing. My prayer for us is that this week and in the days and weeks and the months to come, we see the fullness of Jesus Christ and we renew our commitment to the fullness of Jesus Christ. Not just Jesus, the Galilean teacher, not just Jesus, the healer of Jerusalem, not only Jesus on the cross, the crucified Savior, not only Jesus, the risen Lord, but Jesus, the crucified, risen, and ascended Christ, Lord of the universe, seated at the right hand of the Father in glory everlasting, advocating and interceding for you and for me and for the prayers of the whole world. In his name we pray. Thanks be to God. Amen. Once again, Father Matthew with a children's homily. Well, hi. Father Matthew here, still here. I've just moved inside the church because today I want to talk to you about the ascension of Jesus Christ, and I'll mention Pentecost as well. Actually, this is one of my favorite Sundays of the church year because it's right between the Feast of the Ascension, and the Feast of Pentecost. You see, Ascension Day was just a couple days ago, and Pentecost is next Sunday. Why is it all so important? It's important because it reminds us that Jesus Christ is available to us everywhere and all the time. Actually, there's a really cool stained glass window behind me that shows Jesus in his ascended state seated on a throne. Let me back up. The Bible says that 40 days after he rose from the dead, Jesus, before the eyes of the disciples, was taken up into heaven. He, he went up. He ascended. Now, we know that heaven is not exactly in the clouds. Heaven is a place that you can't get to in a plane or a spaceship. It's sort of a, another realm. But in the Bible, Jesus did ascend up out of the disciples' sight. And in the book of Acts, it says this. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Now this is so interesting, and here's a great way to think about it. Because today, we have something called the cloud as well. 
It has to do with computers and files and servers. And you could ask a grown-up who understands technology, or maybe you understand this yourself. But here's a quick review. In the old days, if you wanted to save a file on a computer, whether it was a picture or a video or a document, it had to be on a disk. Maybe it was a disk that you carried around, maybe it was a disk inside the computer, hard disk, or maybe it was a flash drive. Well, then came the internet and servers and something which we now call the cloud, which was able to store those files such that they could be accessed anywhere and everywhere. This video that I'm taking right now is going to be saved in the cloud so that I can access it wherever I am on whatever device I happen to be using. It's pretty cool. So what's the analogy? Well, here's the analogy. Jesus, in his ascended state, is available to you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You probably already knew that, that you can pray to Jesus wherever you are, whenever you are. But maybe you didn't realize that it's because of the ascension. You see, Jesus could have stayed in Jerusalem, hung around on earth, retired, and maybe opened up a little falafel stand in the city, got a nice cottage in the hills of Judea. But then he would have only been available to certain people at that area. That was not God's plan. God's plan was for Jesus to be available to everyone, everywhere, across all time. And so, he ascended into heaven, and in the creeds we say he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And in that place of power and authority, you can call on him no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter when you are. Isn't that good? Now, of course, it gets even better with the Feast of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes, which is the personal, powerful presence of God in the hearts of all of us and in the gathered Christian community. So isn't it great? That no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter when you are, you can call upon the strong name of Jesus Christ and he will be with you. I'm real glad that Jesus didn't open up a falafel stand in Jerusalem because I'm glad that he can be with you everywhere. Well, for Ascension Day and Pentecost coming up, I say thanks be to God. God bless you and amen. Thank you again for listening to the All Saints podcast. To download future episodes automatically, you can subscribe and have the episodes delivered to you each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. And if you've liked the podcast so far, we would really appreciate it if you took a few minutes to give us a rating. As always, please be well, stay safe, and God bless.